0: Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 91 with Brian Kaplan. Now, Brian is a consultant and a coach to builders and remodelers, but he's spent 20 years in the trades and in the business, um, building business, building efficiencies, building systems. And I think you'll get a ton out of today's episode. We dive into the world of virtual selling in which he has a lot of experience, but he also has some fresh ideas, some unique takes on how to level up your virtual selling. Besides just, I figured out Zoom and now I'm on video. uh, This will help take you to the next level. So enjoy this conversation with Brian Kaplan here on Builder Funnel Radio. Hey, guys, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about BuildBook, who, in addition to sponsoring this episode, they've developed a program to help all of you during this extremely difficult time. If you don't know what they do, they offer a tool that funnels all the conversations and decisions that occur between you, your team and your client before, during and after projects into one place and made it dead simple to use. They've taken something that is chaotic for most of you, like staying on top of all the messages you're getting over text, phone calls, job site conversations, you name it, and brought it into one channel that's simple for anyone on your team to use. Look, I don't need to tell you guys this, but good, clear communication with your clients and team is more critical now than it has ever been. BuildBook knows how important this is for you as well, but also knows the strain this crisis is having on your business. So they're offering their software to you for free. Yes, you heard that correctly. To help you get through this unprecedented time, BuildBook has put together a program to provide you with some free resources, including their software. It's an amazing opportunity that I strongly encourage you to take advantage of. So hit pause right now and text BuildBook to 33777. That's one word, BuildBook. They'll immediately send you a link that brings you directly to the page to sign up. There are no strings attached. It's just their way of doing what they can to support your business. So go ahead and hit pause and text BUILDBOOK, one word, to 33777 to get your free account. All right, let's dive into today's show.
1: Hey, Brian. Glad to have you on the show today. Hey, Spencer. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm excited because we're going to talk about the world of virtual selling, among other things, today. I think uh, we'll, we'll go down a few rabbit trails that will be helpful to people but um you know we're chatting a little little ways back and i remember you kind of asked me the question you know how how is covid-19 going to change things and at what level kind of trying to think 3 4 steps ahead not just oh my gosh what do i do now and i thought that would be a interesting way to kick this off is just what are your thoughts now that we're you know at the time of this recording we're a couple months into all this How do you see this changing everything?
1: And I think it's a great starting point and a great question. You know, we've seen a lot of things change over the past couple of months. And I think right now, the big thing for me is that. I feel like everyone's kind of accepted it. Obviously, you know, just very recently, we've started to see, you know, some of the places that have been, you know, closed down, starting to reopen under, you know, sort of strict guidelines. So we're, we're kind of coming, uh, you know, I want to say we're on the way out of it, but we've already noticed some real shifts and, you know, to your point, And, you know, as we were talking about, I've, i as soon as this started happening, you know. I think one of the big things was trying to figure out how far was was this going to go, right? But then I think once we saw how far it went, you know, people started to think differently. And um, I've kind of just been from the beginning trying to think about, okay, what is it going to look like three or four or five months from now? Again, not knowing kind of how far it was going to go. And, you know, I think... For the construction industry, that's, you know, especially been my lens is just trying to understand in a very um, contact filled, you know, industry, how do you make this a contactless sort of thing? And, and it's very difficult to do, especially when we talk about the actual production side. Um, and so you know, we know we've seen in the history of the world, we've seen world events change perspectives, change how business is done. I mean, nine eleven changed how we travel, the 2008 mortgage, you know, fiasco, you know, changed how we buy mortgages. Um, you know, there's been a lot of like sort of world events that have done that. And we know that COVID is no different and it's going to have some I've been calling them kind of unintended outcomes, not that there was an intention for this virus from the beginning, but just kind of thinking about it is there's outcomes that we just didn't really think about would happen. And, you know, I think one of the big things, of course, is, you know, the topic today is kind of virtual selling is kind of, you know, understanding that you know, businesses change the way that we actually are going to now sell with our clients and our prospects and really regardless of the industry in a lot of ways, like it's definitely changing. And for me, I look at it as, you know, I've been trying to encourage people to do virtual selling as a remodeler for a very long time in integrating those parts of video into our process. And I think it's become now very, commonplace, which is kind of great in a way. I mean, it's not great that we had to go through this, you know, awful event to kind of get to this place. But for me, I, I really feel like there's a lot of benefits. You know, I think six months ago, if you said to a client, hey, you want to hop on a Zoom call? And let's, you know, talk about your project, they think you're nuts. And they wouldn't Or they'd you know, say, they what's Zoom? You know? They'd be like, what's Zoom? Is that on the internet? You know, kind of thing. And, um, and I think, you know, no one really was prepared for any of this, of course. But the reality is, is that I think as we move forward, you know, clients are starting to realize the benefits of it. So the clients that I'm working with that are integrating Zoom into their process, you know, they're recognizing benefits and their clients are recognizing benefits. You know, one of the big things is that when a, when a meeting's done, there's no, um, you know, f- for anybody listening to this that does in-person meetings as a remodeler or a home builder, you know, you've got that awkward sort of two minutes between you standing up at the table and getting to the door to put your shoes on, kind of thing. There's like that, un, you know, sort of awkward pause, and you know that doesn't exist. And then, of course, the entire one hour or 30 minutes, you know, drive in traffic at five or six o'clock in the afternoon to get back to your office or your home doesn't exist as well. So there's a massive time lever, not only for a builder in that context, but also from a homeowner. So you know they're they're more likely to take these calls. They're more likely to schedule them. And you know, I think you can really, as a builder you know, pack a lot more into each day. So, I mean, I think there's just a lot of different things that are going to come out of this. Um, And I think it's going to continue to evolve. Right now, where we are right now, I think we're all, you know, sort of trying to encourage people, hey, get on Zoom, you know, put this, bake this into your virtual selling process. But where is it going to go for, you know, six months from now kind of thing. And that's kind of the part that is still piquing my curiosity. And I keep asking yeah. people every time I speak to them, trying to, you know, figure out where where it's really going.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important to just be thinking about that. Otherwise you tend to get caught off guard later, or you're just not well set up to handle whatever the outcomes are. Uh, there's a couple of things you said in there that I want to jump back to. One is that, that time piece, I think mm-hmm. about that on a number of levels, but one of the things that stands out to me is from a marketing perspective, a lot of companies that are doing really well today, big companies, they're removing friction from the sales mm-hmm. process. And yeah. that's the thing that I think about when you say, hey, we're eliminating drive time for you, but it's also drive time for the the customer. Sometimes you're going to pull them in to meet in the showroom for the first time yeah. or at your office. And so either end, you know, what you're doing is you're just saying, I'm going to give you back some time and I'm going to make this easier to buy from me. And I like that element. And the other piece that you mentioned about just this uh, all happening is kind of forcing, you know, technology upon us a little bit faster. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes that can be a good thing. It's like you said, you've been using virtual selling for a long time and talking about it for a long time we've been selling over you know go to meeting in zoom for you know 10 years now and it's almost like this just kicks us all forward you know whether that's 6 months or 3 years or however long it would have taken to naturally adopt these things now we're doing it out of necessity so what i want to get into is let's not get into the how do you download a zoom account and all the tech stuff but
1: yeah
0: hey you're on you're on your first virtual meeting what are some things you can do to set yourself up for success if this is feeling a little foreign to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you know, for me, it's a point and shoot thing. You put Zoom on and and you go. Um, There's definitely a lot of best practice tips that we're going to unpack some of that in this uh, podcast today, which I'm really excited to kind of give everybody is kind of that granular, tangible sort of takeaway. And, you know, I think the real idea here is that I think everyone has to understand that virtual selling is a very different animal than in-person selling. When you're in someone's home, you have the benefit of a house structure there that you know a lot about as a home builder or a remodeler, you get to walk around and you are the expert here you're in your comfortable domain. Even if you're not that necessarily comfortable selling, you've got this like sort of, you know, champion in your corner, which is like the house that you can talk about kind of thing. You can always pull some stuff there. And so, you know, in, in when we talk about kind of how do we get ourselves set up for a Zoom call and how do we kind of take it to the next level, you know, again, um, it's a very different process. So, the one thing to understand is that a Zoom call is inherently going to be very short or a lot shorter compared to that in person kind of walkthrough. It would be rare, I think, that you're going to sit on the phone for an hour and a half or two hours on a Zoom call with a client like you might do sitting at their dining room table. Now, there's definitely um, you know some of the important parts there that make a meeting an hour and a half long that I'm not saying to short cycle or anything like that, but there's just none of that oh, someone's got to get up and go to the bathroom or I'm gonna go make a tea or I'm gonna you know go answer the door or or things like that like these things just don't happen people it's a very different sort of interface, and so. You know, I think, I think it's good and bad, um, but it also means that we have to kind of shift our mindset a little bit and how we actually sell. And so, you know, it's no secret, uh, all of us in the consulting space, you know, working with builders, we all say have a sales process, but I have to understand that sales process has got to get adapted now for this virtual kind of world. And so um, it takes some planning and it's, you know, definitely a different skill set to be effective at these. So again, in person, you can rely on pointing on things and talking about things in your comfort zone. Um, but over Zoom, these things just don't exist, right? There's really, it's kind of dead air. And I think it's one of those things that anyone that's probably listening to this, that's, you know, did their first Zoom call, you know, in the past couple of months, probably realized this. They, they got on the call and they're like, crap it's just me and the camera and the person and there's no other stuff that's kind of involved in this process and so um you know as we're going to you know kind of dive in further on this topic we're going to talk about being fully present when you're on zoom making it seem like you are literally talking right to that person and you're right in that same room and you know if you're reading from a script i mean which you know, is not a bad thing to do in the sense of having those bullet points in that process and flow. Um, You know, you do have to, you know, still be very mindful about how to pay attention to the camera, how to pay attention to, you know, feel present, get that kind of in-person feel like we're talking about. So, um, you know, it's definitely a very different approach and and there's there's a need to sort of adapt your process for this.
0: Yeah, for sure. And what do you think are some of those tactical things that people should be thinking about, you know, like looking into the camera or what's going on with our background or, you know, how to fill some of that dead space that does seem to happen over, you know, a video meeting versus when you are in person.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, there's, there's a bunch of sort of, you know, best practice things I would say about this. So first and foremost, yeah, definitely a couple of things you mentioned, you definitely want to be aware of what your background is. So for example, right now I've got a window over my right shoulder, probably left shoulder on the camera, but, um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm a cognizant that it's not, you know, creating too much of a blur so that I look really dark. So if you're basically are focused, uh, if you have a door or a really bright object behind you and you're facing the camera, then oftentimes what happens is you look very dark and that actually completely eliminates the whole point of doing a virtual meeting in the first place, because a client is actually going to be more focused on trying to see you than they are to actually listening and hearing what you have to say. So definitely the background's important. Um, you know, try not to, you know, a, a neutral background is good from a selling perspective. Um, I think it, it, it's ironic because, of course, your background is like you look like you're in the jungle right now, which I love your background. But, yeah. um, Party you in know, the jungle. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to when it comes to you know selling, I think it's important. So definitely have have something in there if you want something to be a focal point like your logo, your company branding. That's totally, you know, that's great. Um, just be cognizant of it. Also, which way you face the camera is really important too. So if you are doing it from home, which a lot of us are working from home right now, if your kids are running back and forth, so don't face a hallway, don't face a busy room and obviously try to be out of earshot as well from an audio perspective so that, you know, it's, it's as quiet as possible and where the strongest internet in your house is. If you can kind of align those things, it's really important. Um, and then, you know, we want to also remove all of our notifications. So we talked a moment ago about how we have to adapt the sales process. And one of the ways that we're going to talk about doing that in a moment is using a slide deck and actually having a presentation to basically walk somebody through. That means that you're going to be sharing your screen, which means that when your friend texts you something that's probably not client appropriate, and that pops up, you know, from the right side of your screen, your client is also seeing that. So it not only damages the flow of the meeting, it can... There can be controversial, you know, text in that, in that text or whatever it is. It uh, could be emails popping through, you know, and really the, ultimately when you work online, you have to take all those notifications off. To be honest with you, I tell every builder and remodeler to take all your notifications off regardless, simply because if you actually want to be productive at something, you can't keep getting interrupted. Uh, but that's definitely something that's important. And then, you know, we'll we'll unpack this a little bit, you know, in a second, but the post-it note trick, which is uh, actually a friend of mine and a colleague I used to work with, he kind of dropped this on me a couple of months ago. And I was like, that's brilliant. And, you know, right now I'm obviously staring at the camera, but the camera is not where Spencer's face is. So, you know, I'm having to kind of, you know, be cognizant of that. I'm used to it. But for most people, when you first start using Zoom, it's not very comfortable. It's not very natural. And so, the trick is you just take a post-it note, punch a hole in it, put it where your camera is. So where the actual lens of your camera is, the hole is where the camera goes. And you just you know write on the post-it note a bunch of arrows and saying, look here, kind of thing. So um, these are some subtle things, but these are some of the real cues and, and, and keys to like really running a successful meeting.
0: Yeah, I think those are good tips. And uh, I like the, fo- the post-it note thing. I hadn't heard of that before, uh, but that's a good one. Yeah, I think when you do a lot of video, you build up some practice towards it. But um, if you're not used to it, then it can be really weird. Uh, just where do I look and what do I do? And yeah, I think in terms of just kind of some nuts and bolts, you know, make sure you're in a quiet space. You've got, you've thought about your background, at least, you know, I think that's half the battle is just, you know, considering that. But I'm curious to dive into the the slide deck a little bit and, and what you want to share there, because Obviously, when you go to somebody's house, you don't necessarily bring your own projector and you know pull up a slide deck. Maybe you use an iPad to go through a presentation, but that's still yeah. that's going to be a super different experience. You know, panning through an iPad or just delivering a presentation versus sharing a screen and doing a slide deck. So, yeah, yeah.
1: what what's that all about? Yeah, and you know, it started for me a long time ago when I was working. In managing a lot of like on the sales side, working with clients and helping them plan their remodeling projects. And we would be, you know, I worked in a design build firm. And so we were doing a lot of architectural stuff in house. And, you know, I had the ability to basically have you know I'm not the architect just for the record so I had someone beside me that was able to kind of operate the screen and everything but I was able to you know communicate and in this type of format we were able to kind of share the screen show people things and then update them in real time and then you know give them sort of renders and give them ideas and the short cycle there was massive I mean it was it was probably more effective than even being in person with somebody simply because they were only focused on the screen. They couldn't be focused again on all that other kind of stuff that people are focused on when they meet a person. And so... So I think that's kind of where it started for me a long time ago. And I just recognize that that's a great opportunity for you to really get your message across, whatever the message is. You could be going through architectural design. You could be going, you could be presenting a project estimate and walking clients through every single section, talking about some of the things that are included, non-included or clarifications, whatever it is. Um, Really the message part is kind of up to whatever point in the sales process that meeting is, that's purpose but I think the idea is, is that we want to create something. And I say slide deck, we want to be able to create a framework for our presentation. In other words, a framework for the meeting, because again, when you're in person, you probably have a structure, right? And if you don't, you should have a sales process. Like, what do you when to get in the door? You know, what are kind of all the steps of a typical sales process? Well, as I said, this is very different now. So now we need a framework for this. So my recommendation for everybody is to build a slide deck. And it sounds overwhelming. And I'm sure a lot of you know people listening to this are like, I wouldn't even know where to start kind of thing. And I think you know it really starts with the process. It really starts with the big picture and just starting to think about what's the purpose of your meeting? What are the critical things you have to go over? And then you know, organically, it's going to kind of flow for you. It's going to take a little bit of time, like any new skill, it's going to be hard at first. But I think eventually you start to get the hang of it a little bit. Um, but yeah, the real takeaway there is that it's a different type of sales process. You need a framework to sort of guide yourself through this meeting. And I really see the slide deck and sharing your screen as an option or a way to kind of do that.
0: Yeah, I think it adds a dynamic element to the meeting too, that just breaks it up a little bit. You know, it, if once you're comfortable on video, it seems totally mm-hmm. normal to just have a one-to-one, you know, you've got somebody full on your screen, You know, you know, a foot in front of you. But I think sometimes it actually takes a little bit of that edge off of you and you're going, okay, the big part on the screen is this presentation. And then it's just my little video, you know, supporting that of, you know, my face. Cause I think a lot of people get hung up on that. Although it's funny because it's what you look like in real life. It's the same <laughs> on video. So I think a lot of people get hung up there. Um, yeah. What I want to talk about next, I'm curious as your thoughts on this, cause this is thinking a little bit, down the road, and some people are probably doing this now because construction has been essential. But how do we integrate the two? So, we talked about some virtual meetings and you know how to set up for them, and maybe some tips there. But there is going to be a point where you're doing a mix of virtual and in person. Do you have any thoughts around how this starts to evolve? How much virtual do you do? Do you leave it totally up to the customer? Do you say, Oh, our first meeting is always virtual, and then we move to in person. I'm curious to, to see what you think on that.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a big picture person. So for me, it always comes down to the process. It always comes down to what is our sales process look now look like now, I should say. And recently, like all over social media, I've been sort of plastering this, just talking about, you know, integrating these aspects into your process for good kind of thing. Just just because coronavirus, you know, hopefully is on its way out and hopefully we don't see a resurgence in the fall or next year or, you know, anytime in the future for that matter, The reality is you just never really know and i think that any of the companies that have taken the the opportunity to develop a process that integrates some forms of virtual aspects into their sales and sort of design development process i think these are the these are the clients that i think we're all sort of starting to see take the lead a little bit right and and i know that that's going to only sort of propel them forward and so you know it's a great question is how much video do you use versus how much in person because you know anybody that follows me will know that if you give me three options you know, put me in the same room as somebody, put me on a video call with them or, you know, give me a phone. I'm going to take the, put me in the same room with them any day of the week, right? Because that is how you can do the best selling typically. Now, virtual is a very close second. There are obviously some real keys that you have to use in order to do it. But the reality is, is that it's still a very, very good format for it. So the example I gave a moment ago about say architectural design and going through, you know, design phases and things like that, that's something that's actually fantastic to do over a virtual process simply because, again, it, these meetings can be, first of all, they can be incredible amounts of time. Like I've I've sat through three and four hour meetings where there's two or three of us in terms of billable time. It's a, a huge amount, of, like a huge chunk of money. And, you know, the beauty about Zoom is everything can get recorded. I can rewatch it. I can watch it on double time if I want, just skip to the important part. Someone can just kind of like, give me the, like the Coles notes kind of thing of it. So there's, there's a bunch of little levers I just kind of, you know, dropped in there. But I think from the big picture, I definitely, you know, I want to talk a little bit about that initial phone call if we can, because I think it's really an interesting thing when we start talking about Zoom from a marketing perspective, which I know is, is always a good thing to talk about on this channel is, you know, Clients typically right now, you know, you and I, Spencer, we met up at IBS and we were talking about how buying behaviors have changed and all that sort of thing. And the reality is, is that when you think about it, things are kind of archaic right now people here, you know, they they need a builder. So if they don't know anybody, and they ask their network, and no one really gives them any referrals the next place they go is the internet and they search and then they go onto everyone's different websites. And websites are, as we know, all over the place in terms of what the messaging is, how easy is it for us to get contact information or to submit a form, um, you know, those sorts of things. And so from a buying perspective, I think clients are kind of like, it's a little bit overwhelming. So one of the things that I'm, I'm going to kind of leave in this podcast for everybody is to really consider having a integrated schedule in your website that books basically a virtual call with you. So you can do now there should be a qualification form that they have to fill out. And if they don't fill it out that they can't book the meeting, but I think it's a really great way. You know, we talked about um, we talk about friction, right? In the sales process. Um, So if you do the, you know, let them book it and then they fill out a form, we're removing a little bit of friction there. We're adding some with the form of course, but I think the reality is, is that how can we short cycle to get to video? And so on that initial call, you know, there's, there's so many things that you can get over the phone with somebody. You can understand a little bit how they think. You can understand some of what their motivations, maybe their fears, their desires, and all of that are, because that's really, you know, our job when we're on a sales call. The reality is, though, is that the in-person video, you can gain a lot more information. So, for example, um, for anybody listening to this that's driv- driven up to a house, you've, you've done the initial phone call. You spent, you know, anywhere from 15 to, say, 45 minutes on the phone with somebody. They seem like they're a good fit you know, maybe there's been budget talk already. You feel like there's some good alignment, some good chemistry. As soon as you pull up to the house, you just know that this is not the project for you for whatever reason. Right. And as soon as you get up to the door and you shake hands and walk into the house, you know, the thought that always used to go through my mind is there's two hours. I'm never going to get back kind of thing. (laughs) And so the cool thing about a virtual meeting is that again, in 15 minutes, I can short cycle that, right. I can see the background. So is their house chaotic? How do they live? If there's a couple there, There's so much, I mean, again, anybody listening to this, you know that as a remodeler or a builder, you become a part-time psychologist for your clients. And so being able to understand how they communicate is really, really key. Do they sneer at each other? Is there a prime decision maker that you can tell someone really leads the charge there? Like there's so many little cues that you get on video that you just cannot possibly get um, over the phone call. So I think when we talk about where to integrate these things, definitely the initial phone call for me for, again, you know, removing a little bit of friction and giving you an advantage in the market to basically book a video call with you. So, you know, cause clients want to, you know, what we always say, the like, know, and trust, right? They want to see you. And within seven to 10 seconds, they're going to make up their mind, whether or not they know you, they like you, or, or rather they like you or they trust you kind of thing. And so I think it's really, really critical in that aspect. I think in the development phase, we can absolutely use Zoom to, to help propel those meetings forward because they don't always need to be in person. Contract signing is another great one, you know, because with digital tools out there, we talk about contact lists, kind of signing and, and processes, you know, we can basically go through something and it can be sent digitally back and forth and, and we're done kind of thing. And obviously fund transfers can happen digitally. Now, the one caution I want to say, of course, is that what we don't necessarily want to do is go completely contactless because this is still a very, you know, relationship, obviously relationship-based, but very human kind of business. And I think there's a need for us to be at times, you know, in person with people because it's just kind of that touch point. It's like, it's the ability for you to say to somebody, hey, how are you feeling? Like, how is it going right now? Like, it's a stressful thing. You know, remodeling a house, building a house, is really stressful. So I think it's important to integrate these things into your process, but not necessarily to a completely contactless version unless, you know, that version is basically just your kind of emergency protocol in the case of hopefully we don't ever see this again, but in the case that we do, now you have a platform or a system, rather, that you can take a client from complete stranger to a paying client, you know, basically in a virtual experience. I'm going to
0: give you a little, well, actually a big piece of insight that most construction companies don't even realize. Nearly all of the problems you encounter in your projects and business have one thing in common, communication or lack thereof. Think about the last time a project went sideways. I'm guessing if you traced it back to its source, it had something to do with a missed or miscommunication. In fact, 72% of client unhappiness is directly attributed to poor communication during projects. Needless to say, good communication needs to be a priority in your business. And that's especially true with everything that's happening around us today. BuildBook has created a simple solution that makes communicating with your clients and team incredibly easy so nothing slips through the cracks. And as a reminder, they've also made it 100% free for you to use during this uncertain climate we're currently in. So hit pause right now and text BuildBook one word to 33777 and they'll send you a link to sign up. All right, let's get back to the show. I love that you said adopting it for the first call. And that's something that that we've been doing just because all of our calls are, you know, over video, but integrating it with the website and your calendar. And what I found is that actually that adds a ton of efficiency to your sales process because one, people are coming to the website, they're poking around, they want to talk to you. Well, one, they're not, hopefully you're avoiding just the call in and interrupt whatever you're doing or your staff member is doing at that time. And they're putting it on the calendar. And a, a lot of the clients that you want, you want people that are calendar people and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, good. I'm going to pick a day. I'm going to yeah. pick a time. I'm committing to this. You got Not it. just calling out of the blue. So I think there's so many layers there. I really like that. Um, and it's so easy to set up a schedule with that calendar so that you decide when those meetings can get booked on your calendar. And then they just start showing up. You know, they come off the website and you just, oh, this yeah. person booked for next Tuesday, next Wednesday at this time. And then you're all set. And then to your other point, you can connect face to face when if they reach out to two other people, most likely they're doing a quick phone call. They've seen you. That already elevates you past the other guys. So I think there's absolutely there's so much there. So I really like that. And then I like the, the little piece you snuck in there about recording these calls. You had several examples of how to use the recording um, for a variety of reasons, I'm always thinking, oh, from a marketing perspective, you can cut up little clips of this recording and put that out on social media to show people, hey, this is our process. This is how we work with clients. And they can actually get a feel for you yeah. and to your earlier point, build some more know, like, and trust. So I, I think there's a lot more power in the video than maybe some people are, are thinking about in you you hit on a lot of them there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think for any of us, I mean, you know, you've been, you've been doing the video thing a lot longer than I have, but I can tell you that, you know, going back and watching your videos is probably one of the most powerful things you can do. So for everybody listening here, what's that, sorry?
0: (laughs) And painful. (laughs) Yeah. I
1: I usually, the adjective I use is horrifying, but (laughs) yes, I think the initial time you go and look at it, I mean, you'll just immediately learn so much about you, like about yourself really. And And I have through my own journey. And I think that there's just so much power in building your sales process, understanding who you are kind of thing. So for everybody listening here, if you started using Zoom and you think your job ends when the, the call's over, guess what? It hasn't. So I want you to go back and I want you to pick, especially the first call. And then just especially as you first start, like go watch these calls as you kind of start to improve. And just be really brutally honest with yourself. It's really hard not to when you're watching yourself on video, but, you know, be brutally honest about what you need to improve, because I can guarantee you that everybody is going to, you know, see things that they're like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. And the way that you think you project and the way you actually project are two very different things oftentimes. And so I think it's really, really critical in in terms of you want to talk about improving a closing rate and improving your process as a salesperson and all that there is honestly I, I can't think of a better way than recording yourself on video and rewatching it it's it's just so powerful
0: yeah i mean it's basically like the old school role playing but you're just you know able to do that with yourself you know and instead of having to have somebody sit in on a call and then give you the feedback immediately after yeah. or do the practice call, you know, and you're running through it and they're going, well, that was terrible. Or you need to ask this, you know, so uh, at least this, you don't have to have any other witnesses other than, you know, the
1: prospective client. So yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um,
0: Well, I feel like this is, this is such a large topic. We've touched on a lot of different areas. What else should people know about that we maybe haven't touched on or haven't covered yet?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go back a little bit to something. I mean, it's, I just want to expand a little bit on this. This is really some of the key stuff when we talk about, you know, just cause I love giving that kind of granular actionable stuff for people that are actively doing zoom calls. You know, one of the biggest things about this and for everybody that's listening to the podcast, you can't see us right now, but for everyone that's actually watching this um, you know, what you'll notice is that I'm doing my absolute best to look at the camera the entire time. And the reason is, is, because Spencer's looking at my reflection in his video. And I want him to, I want him to feel like I'm looking at him directly in the eye. This is such a subtle thing. And it's why I talk about the post-it note and looking, staring at that lens and focusing as hard as you can on it. Because when we want to try to create that in-person feel, In person, you're not looking down, you're not looking to the right, you're not looking to the left, you're looking straight at the person, right? Eye contact is really, really critical in the sales process. And so when you're on Zoom, this is a critical aspect of it. So that's why the post-it note idea is there. Um, If we really want to create that in-person feel, you you have to always just remember that even when the client is talking, and this is the hardest part, when the client's talking, you still look at the camera because guess what? They're still looking at you when they're talking and they want to feel like they're actually talking to you in, you know, instead of you with your eyes darting everywhere, they don't know if you're checking social media or what you're doing kind of thing. So that's a real critical one that I just kind of wanted to go back to. Um, There's a Another thing that I would recommend for everybody as well, especially if you get into using a slide deck like we talked about and, you know, having that be the framework for your call is use two screens if you can, simply because it allows you to have a shared screen and it allows you to have the video screen, which is where you're really going to be looking. Um, and and have them kind of be separate. It's just an easier way to operate. As someone that's been doing it, and I share my screen often, I can tell you that it's a, it's kind of a game changer when you set it up. There's a little bit of like getting used to it, of course, and like everything with tech. But if you've come this far, it's definitely worth doing. Um, so I definitely would do that. And then you know I mentioned rewatching every video, and just you know a couple other small angles inside of that is you know when you have a team, um, you know I mentioned you can kind of have things recorded and stuff like that. So if you're going to bring in for anybody listening that has maybe say site supers or project managers, maybe you have a, you know a little small team anywhere from five to say twenty people. when you are in the sales process, oftentimes it 's the business owner or a salesperson that's kind of directly related to those clients they 're building that relationship and they 're establishing all of those kind of you know parameters of how the clients want to be communicated with and all of that. When you transition that to a site super or project manager, it is so beneficial for that person to be able to go and rewatch that and learn about those clients before they even meet that client that you want to talk about accelerating the relationship building uh, capacity in that position, which, you know, we know the site super and project manager is a pivotal role in this business that is such a great way to leverage this technology to you know, obviously give yourself a massive boost. So I think it's, it's, you know, not to be understated, there's so much power in all of this recording that you're doing and self reflection that you're doing. And even for the people that, you know, are in your company that start doing this, having them self reflect as well of being able to you know help them grow as individuals, I think is, is really, really valuable too.
0: Yeah, that's a super good point. I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, just Like we've talked about, there's so many layers to some of these things and, you know, just being able to record something and have that documentation for anybody on your team that might need it, whether it's to improve or to your latest point, deepen that connection faster with the client because there is that handoff from sales to delivery and you want to make sure that's as smooth as possible. Brian, I feel like we could probably break this topic into several segments (laughs) and this has been awesome. Lots of actionable tips, but if people want to learn a little bit more about what you're doing to help the industry or how to connect with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: Yeah, thanks for that. Um, So, you know, about it's coming up on two years shortly. I decided to leave the client side of the business, where I think most people that are listening to this are are on. And you know, I've always kind of been a mentor to teams that I've worked with. I've always been all about you know, again, ironically enough, we're talking about technology, but I've always been about kind of how can we integrate some things to short cycle processes and become more efficient. And so you know, I kind of left on a mission to you know my kind of creed is, if you will, is life is too short to learn from your own mistakes. And so the idea is, is I've made plenty of them and I've, you know, I've been in the business for 20 plus years. And so my goal is really to work with clients. I work both on one-on-one and I do group coaching as well. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking to help people create highly profitable, efficient businesses. We systematize things, add processes into their business, you know, we're, we're helping them to stop, you know, kind of spinning the hamster wheel daily kind of thing, going through all of these cycles. There's a million different ways we could talk about it, of course, but everyone that's listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. And so, yeah, in terms of reaching me, if you, if you wanted to learn a little bit more about me, um, the website is constructionconsulting.co note that that's a .co, not a .com. A lot of people get that uh, wrong. And email is Brian. It's Brian with a Y at constructionconsulting.co. And then I'm, I'm all over Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, those are pretty much the two main social channels that I use. So Instagram is at constructionconsulting.co and LinkedIn, you just search for my name, Brian Kaplan, and you'll be able to find me.
0: Right on. Perfect. And we'll, we'll link it up in the show notes for everybody. And Brian, before we go, we have a last segment of our show. We call it The Fast Five. So I'm going to hit you with five rapid fire questions and just say whatever comes to mind. So awesome. first one is, what is your favorite business book and
1: why? Uh, I would have to say it's probably Good to Great by Jim Collins. And I think one of the the why part for me is he talks about that kind of level. I think it's a level five Manager, entrepreneur—I can't remember the term he uses—but the idea is, uh, you know, when when your company succeeds, that you know you look out at the team, and it's a shared experience, and and win. When you fail, you just look in the mirror, kind of thing, and, and accept that there's something that you have to do to help empower the team around mm-hmm. you. So I think that was one of the core lessons I took out of that book. I think it's a fantastic leadership book for anybody that hasn't read it. Definitely read it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah, that's an awesome one. All right. Next question is who is the most inspirational person in your life? Whew.
1: That's a good question, Spencer. And you're catching me off guard. I, know, I we mean, hit you with
0: the one, two punch. Like here's this easy book question. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Book. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know me. So, you know, a book question, you know, I'm going to have an answer for that. Um, Oh man. I mean, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to turn this around and say that I don't think it's any one person in particular. Um, you know, and I'm not just saying this, I think that, um, you know, the inspiration for me is a lot of my clients that are just really fantastic people, you know, good, honest, hardworking people that I'm loving being able to serve. And I think that's kind of, you know, when we talk about inspiration, you know, I am inspired by them. Like one of my clients, actually not too far from you in Colorado, you know, told me a story about his, the creation story of his company and all of this and where the name comes from and all that. And I had goosebumps kind of thing. And so, You know, there's an inspiration level for, you know, uh, for me with all my clients, just kind of seeing how hard people work and I I know this business so well. And um, yeah, I mean, a bit of a different answer probably, but yeah, I don't, I don't have one that's like a a single person I could say. Yeah.
0: No, that's cool. I, I definitely, I definitely understand. All right. Next question is if you could have one superpower, what would that be?
1: Yeah. Good question. For the longest time, it was always to fly. Um, because I think flying is just kind of, for me, that's like the pinnacle. If you can fly, you can pretty much do anything. Um, but I think as I, as I grew in business and I became on the sales side, I think reading people's minds kind of took over a little bit because <laughs> that, you know, and when you think about it, if you could read someone's mind, uh, it's limitless.
0: Yeah, that, that's a good one. And that one does come up, uh, fairly often. Um, all right. Next question is describe yourself in three words.
1: Organized, efficient, productive.
0: Right on. And final question is, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be?
1: Uh, The one piece of advice I would say is that change is really hard. You know, I kind of, I think I just posted about this today or yesterday on social. Change is really hard. We're in a unprecedented time. I sincerely hope for everybody, you know, listening to this and watching this, that we never are faced with something like this again in our lifetimes and beyond. But adaptation is really key. And we've seen it since the dawn of evolution. And I think that you know, if you can take just one thing out of this podcast and every podcast you listen to and every book you read and all of that to make yourself just a little bit better each day, I think that's really you know, the, the key to life for me. So um, yeah, that's what I would say is change is hard, but you know, just take those incremental steps to, to make it happen. Cool. Good stuff. Well, Brian, thanks so much for joining me today. Awesome. Thanks so much, Spencer. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that
0: conversation with Brian. Again, I know you're on the go, so let's pull out a few takeaways from the conversation. So the first one being, make sure you just think about your setup before you fire up Zoom. Think about your background, think about your environment. Is it loud, is it quiet? Hopefully it's quiet. Do you have a strong internet connection? We've all been on the Zoom calls where it says the connection is unstable or you get disconnected and have to pop back in. Ideally, That isn't on your end, and it's maybe on the client's end. And and you're always kind of in that position of, hey, no worries, it's technology, but your stuff is working. So I think those are good tips. And just remembering to look at the camera, like Brian was talking about. But I think the next takeaway is really thinking about okay, where do I want to insert video and virtual selling into my current sales process? So do you want it as that first meeting? Do you want it as a second meeting? Do you want it as a plan review meeting, you know, what are those stages where you're going, you know, this might be better for us and for the client. Let's try it and then plan it out. Think through the steps, have your screen shares pulled up, your slide deck, your plans, your drawings, whatever it is that you need for that meeting, have it pulled up in advance and then give it a whirl. And then the last takeaway was make sure to record all these meetings because there's so many things you can do with the recordings whether that's just going back and rewatching to improve your own sales process, uh, letting the client rewatch it, maybe somebody missed a meeting and they want to be able to watch it again, especially if you're going over plans and and drawings and different designs, like they can go back and watch that over and over again, they can point out uh, timestamps of the meeting and say, "Hey, I really liked the one at minute 20:36." You know, and then again from just a team perspective, being able to give that video to multiple team members so they can see, oh, this is what the client's like. Oh, this is who I'm going to be working with. And then just giving them a leg up on building that relationship. I think there were a lot more actionable takeaways, but those were three that stood out to me today. I'm sure you have your own. And thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.